Welcome to This Story Matters. Each episode, we visit with people just like you who've walked through events that have grown their faith, transformed their families, drawn them closer to Christ, and refreshed their outlook on life. We believe sharing a testimony can build up others, and that is why this story matters. This episode is presented by Beatles Property Maintenance. For all home maintenance needs, including mold remediation and radon mitigation, more information found at BeatlesPM.com. Welcome to a new episode of This Story Matters. I'm Stephanie Jenkins, your host, and we have a fun episode planned for you today. Rachel Birch, thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We are going to talk all things family today. When I think of the Proverbs 31 woman, I tend to think of you. Do you hear that a lot? No, but that is just a heavy weight off my shoulders. Oh, Steph. <laughs> wow. But you're one of those moms that I think we we all want to be like you in so many ways. But but I have a feeling because you're very real that you will tell us that it's not that we see the highlight reel. Absolutely. How it breaks down. So before we go any further in this discussion, I just want to um, invite the Lord into the space and start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now, Lord, and we're so thankful. We're thankful that you gave us the ability to have community, to have families, Lord, to to be stronger together than we are apart. Lord, for those that may be struggling with something in their family that are listening to this episode, would you guide our words to address that today? Because that's who I know you to be, that you can take one topic and allow words to be spoken that are ordained by you that meet the need of someone that that wasn't expecting it. Lord, we just want to be vessels today that you work through. Thank you for allowing us that opportunity. We're so grateful for that. Lord, we ask Holy Spirit to, to just come into this room, just engulf this place, and um, be in charge of our words. We want to give you all the glory and all the praise and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tell me a little bit about your family now, and then we'll back up and build it all. Okay, I love that. Okay, so right now, I'm married to Matt. We've been married for 22 years. We were high school sweethearts, which we'll talk about that later. Um, that's a whole other story. But my oldest is 20. She's a sophomore in college in Idaho um, at New St. Andrews, and she works at Canon Press. She's in charge of their customer service, so she has, like, her dream job. She loves that. Lucy is a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. Her dream has always been to do hair, so her sights are set on cosmetology school, which is really exciting. She's great at that already. She's kind of our, you know, our in-home stylist. It's fun. Oliver, he is the one child that we adopted. Everyone else is biological. He's adopted. He's 16. He um, is the most athletic kid I've ever known. He's awesome. He's a sophomore, just got his license. Daisy is an eighth grader. She is hilariously witty. She is my quirky one. She's very into Hank Williams Sr. right now. Um, yodeling. <laughs> is she good at yodeling? No, she loves to listen to it. Oh, she okay. And you can appreciate this because your son's into sea shanties. Yes. Like, you can't really curate what they're going to be into. No, you can't. And it's so fun to see, like, you know, their, their fun Their personalities, personalities develop. Yes. Oh, it's so fun. Um, and so she's she wants to go into agriculture. She's hilarious. And then my baby, who I should not still be calling my baby, but my baby is in sixth grade, Walter. We have a... We have a very special relationship. He's got an awesome mullet right now. Um, 
He's very into football and the Dallas Cowboys like you. <laughs> I, he's always been my favorite of your children. Okay, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you and Matt were high school sweethearts. Yes. Yes. So um, back then dating was different, right? Yes. You know, we didn't text each other. There were, you know, you didn't get to know each other online first. You know, there's all all those different. We went you out may on, have passed notes, but it was for a very true. brief period of time. But you would go out on like real dates to get to know each other. And when I was 15, back then we also dated younger, which I do not recommend. But I had been out on a few dates, had a few little boyfriends, and I thought, this is stupid. I hate this. Um, and so I just started praying, Lord, the next boy I meet, can it please be my husband? Um, the next boy I date, not meet, <laughs> but the next boy I date, can it please be my husband? And I prayed that for a few months. And one Saturday I was at a youth event, and from afar I saw the back of Matt's head, and the Lord said, that's your husband to me. And you hadn't even seen his face yet, so that's pretty bold of God. Him, didn't know how old he was, yeah. nothing. I didn't meet him for three more months. But I, wow. knew, I knew that whole time. I did know that that whole time was like, the Lord told me that's my husband. When you met him three months later, did you recognize the back of his head? Well, I, I mean, I had kind of like kept tabs on him. Okay. Right. So we he eventually turned around and, and you stuff. weren't yes. like arguing with God when no, he did. So no, that's no, good. it was fine. No. Um, and so that's been like a core um, story that my kids all know, you know, and all of our friends know that story. And the Lord just told me, that's your husband. We met three months later, um, started dating it, we had a lot of factors against us. Marriage has not been easy for us, but I feel like the Lord gave me that moment in the sanctuary at a youth event many years ago that I can always go back to and think, but this is the husband for me, and I'm the wife for him. And just because something's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And so he's used it mightily in our sanctification for both of us. And now we're in a really sweet spot. Are you looking forward to being empty nesters? We are. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And we get glimpses of that here and there. You know, as our oldest lives in Idaho now, and then our um, our next two kids have jobs in the evenings that take, you know, take them out of the home a lot in the evening. So oftentimes we just have two kids at home or sometimes they're with friends to where we, you know, we have date night at least once a week. You know, everyone's kind of scattered. And it's like, wow, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> when you were dating and it got serious – and he realized that you were the wife that God had for him. Yes. Um, did you talk about the family that you wanted to have? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he was always on board with a lot of children. He was fine with that. And it was just kind of like, let's see what the Lord has planned. Um, my mom and grandma both had a lot of problems having babies. And I just assumed I wouldn't be able to have any. Mm -hmm. I just assumed that. And so adoption was always something we talked about. Um, and turns out I could have, you know, biological children, but the Lord had still placed adoption on our hearts from a very young age. Um, we started the adoption process when I was 24 and Matt was 26. Oh, so wow. We were pretty yeah. young, um, to adopt our third. Um, and that, that's a whole other story. It was beautiful. The Lord provided in, you know, so many ways. And we were able to, our son's from Korea. We were able to travel when he was five months old, go get him, bring him home. He's extremely secure in his adoption, and I think a lot of that comes from our community. Adoption's just so norm, the norm, and you, you, I know you're a part of that. It's just normal. He's very secure, um, very self-confident, and I'm just so thankful for that. So when you started having kids, was it, okay, one, and are we, are we sure about this? Do we want to wait, or where were you guys 
And what were your conversations with God about growing your family? Okay. I need to go back to my childhood for that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So I had a very unique childhood in that I was the only child in my family, both both nuclear and extended. My parents, because they didn't think they could have children, they adopted a six-year-old boy in the 60s, and that's my only sibling. And miraculously, when he was a senior in high school, my mom found out she was pregnant with me. I was born the week he graduated from, from Kickapoo here in town. And we never lived under the same roof once um, he went away to college when I was three months old. We never even lived in the same state again, actually. So I didn't really know him until a few years ago. He did die, and um, he passed away in 2000 from lung cancer. And before then, we, we had really connected well, and um, I'm very secure in his salvation, so I look forward to having, you know, a wonderful relationship with him, you know, in a perfect, in a perfect state in heaven. But um, I was the only child in my home. I had, um, I was so blessed, so blessed to have both sets of grandparents here in town. Um, they just adored me. I was their only grandchild in town. I had no nearby cousins, no neighbor kids. Um, since my parents were older, their friends were all older. Their, most of their kids were grown. So social events, um, I was often the only child. And my childhood was very good. I don't want to misrepresent it in any way. I have a godly mom that prays just mightily for me, um, which I am internally grateful for. I had a good childhood. I was doted on, but I wanted different. I wanted a lot of children. I, I wanted to give my children the gift of siblings and close in age. That was very important to me. And my husband was always on board with that. He was fine with it. Um, I think once we kind of had the fourth, it, um, the rubber hit the road and it was chaotic. We had four and five years. And it was like, wow, this is a lot. Okay, this is very, very intense. That was an intense season. But the Lord carried us through. And then three years later, we had the baby, um, which that little gap made it He's very much the baby. <laughs> but um, the Lord just provided, oh, everything, everything, like he always does. He's just so good. And during that season, we had a lot of help, um, a lot of young girls at church that were eager to, you know, run errands with me or babysit or, or whatever. We had a lot of help. I had an amazing mentor who passed away in 2019 from brain cancer who she herself had five children, and it was a mixture of bio and adopted as well. And she just really held my hand through all the, like, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't, there were a lot of things I didn't know what to do because my childhood had been so different, mm -hmm. you know. So what did you see? Uh, how many siblings does Matt have? He's the middle of three. Okay. So he had, there were three of them. Mm -hmm. So he knew what it was like to pick on his brothers and sisters. <laughs> what did you experience? I mean, there, there are all the things that come with four kids under the age of five. Is that yes. right? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot. And, but you never wavered from it? Were there, is there a time that you remember, what was I thinking? Well, for sure. I think you, I think that, um, don't we all have that with anything? Yes. <laughs> and it, it was just the Lord's constant reminder to me that this is, this is what I've chosen for you. Because I, I would kind of get envious when I would see other families that, that their kids were more spread apart. And I would think, oh, I bet she's a much better mom than me because she's able to spend more one-on-one -on -one time. Or, you know, um, they have more money and all their kids go to music lessons and things like that, you know. But, but what the Lord had chosen for me was this path right here. And I had to be content and obedient in it. And he really brought that back to my attention over and over and over again. Like, you're the one with four kids in five years. This is, this is your story. This is what I've given you. 
And I am just asking you to be obedient and walk with me through this. Where did you find yourself struggling? Or it or was there even a struggle? Was it community? Was it other moms like you? Because most moms I know do not have five kids. Um, we've always been blessed with amazing community, and a lot of our friends do have large families. Um, now, back then, a lot of my friends were either just getting started or hadn't had their children yet, but that meant they were huge helps to me. My best friend that has four young children now, she didn't have, we had our, I had my last baby when she, she had her first. She was a huge help to me and helped me raise my kids. Same with some other friends who are just now, ha- they just now have young children. So community was always, I mean, just the Lord provided mightily through community. My parents lived down the street from us. And one of the benefits of being an only child um, now is that my 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 grandkids are their only grandkids and they, you know, are just very absorbed in my kids' lives. They're excellent grandparents. And because they are older, I don't want to say they're in their eighties because my mom doesn't turn 80 till tomorrow, but my dad is 81. Um, it's given an, my children an amazing opportunity to serve them now. Like the roles are reversed and my kids go down and help, you know, with the yard care. And my 18 year old made them dinner last night because my mom was tired, you know, it, and that's been um, beautiful, beautiful to see that chapter of this story. What is a time that you remember God just stepping in and moving mightily? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I would, oh, wow. There's so many I could say. And, and I, I just want to thank you for giving us a platform. I know I'm not the only one you've interviewed. And to give us a plat- platform to share with more people what the Lord said in our lives. And and. I'll never get over his goodness to me ever, you know, and I know you're the same way. And I just think of all the many times he's provided for us. It, it says in scripture, like he has never seen the, what, what is it? The righteous begging for bread, mm-hmm. his people beg, begging for, like he provides in big ways and little ways continuously. I think of our adoption. We started the adoption with like, I think we had like two digits in our checking account, you know, like in here, the, back then, um, the final price tag was $22,000 to adopt from Korea that include travel expenses and everything. And that to us was, I mean, it might as well have been $20 million at, the, at that time. Um, I was able to stay home with my kids till my youngest started kindergarten. And so I, we were a one-income family. And um, the Lord just provided in a million different ways. I wrote it all down so that, you know, my son will always know how the Lord provided to bring him home. The week... We got the call that he was ready. It was right after the ice storm of 2007. Our power had been off for 12 days. Our power came back on. We got the call that he was ready to travel. We didn't even have the finances to um, buy the plane tickets. By the end of the day, we did, miraculously. Um, My husband was spending the night in the Chick-fil-A parking lot because that was the night that the Glenstone one opened. And if you were one of the first 100 people, you got free Chick-fil-A for a year, right? So I went up to the Chick-fil-A parking lot, told my husband, we have the money, Oliver's ready to come home. Let's do this. In the next two days before our flight left, my husband wrecked two cars, totaling one. Wrecked a second. <laughs> did he get the Chick-fil-A? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was number two. I just want to make sure he didn't. He was number like, two Did he leave stuff. the line or no, did he stay? No, there, no, he there was stayed. a little bit of a he cliffhanger there. It wasn't until, you know, Monday. Um, and that was like a Friday or something. Anyway, in those two days, not only did the Lord provide for our travel expenses, but he provided the funds for those two cars to be replaced. I mean, it it is just a miraculous story. 
and we were able to bring our sweet baby home um, with no debt, which is just crazy. Absolutely crazy. When you look at your life and you know God had spoken very clearly to you, this is this is your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you were confident that he had a big family for you. What do you say to women who are in those planning stages of their family right now? And they're not sure, like, do you, maybe they've experienced miscarriage mm-hmm. or maybe they have four toddlers, you know, maybe it's a blended family and they feel like they've taken on more than they can handle. What do you have for them? Why are there scriptures? Are there, mm-hmm. are there stories you've heard that helped you get through those difficult times? Well, one thing I go back to, um, if it's a miscarriage and fertility situation, is Scripture is clear that he sets the solitary in families. And so whether that family looks like, um, you know, me having five children, or whether it looks like just being an active servant in your church and helping those other family, you know, being, I don't know, I'm just so thankful for the other voices in my kid's life that aren't me and Matt. Um, And those are... I will just be eternally grateful for. And so just seeing your role in the life of children, even if you don't have them yet, I think is is just imperative. I don't believe it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a church to raise a child. And um, I think even the singles or, you know, those that are struggling to, to have a children are just so important, even in the lives of other people's children. So just knowing that you have so much value and so much worth, even in the struggle of that. And then um, I do counsel a lot of moms who are in the thick of things where I was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, And it's just a really hard season. And to just go in expecting it to be hard. It's going to be hard. But to not give up because at the proper time you will reach, you you will, sorry, reap a harvest. You know, do not give up on doing good. That is what scripture tells us. And it's doing good a million times a day when you don't really feel like it. You don't feel like getting up off the couch and disciplining one more time for the same thing or, you know, doing another load of laundry, all those things. My life is very different than it was 12 years ago. All my kids do their own laundry. They all know how to load a dishwasher. They can make themselves eggs in the morning, you know. But putting myself back there in those shoes when everything depended upon me and just counseling those women that this is hard, but hard is not bad. And there is so much good in this season, and so much of my sanctification happened during that. So much of where I learned to die to self happened when I had young children, because it's just so intense. What about the times that people said really dumb things to you? Okay, I will say I am very blessed. I've only had that happen a few times. And, And I raised my kids before grocery pickup. So I had them out in public all the time, right? Like we were always at the grocery store. We we, um, we went out all the time. I would carry a jump rope in my purse, and then I would unroll it, and everyone had to grab onto the jump rope, and that's how we got across parking that's lots. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, I very rarely had any negative comments. Usually it was sweet comments. And, you know, you just always, in anything in life, you have to focus on the sweet and let the other stuff, you know, just roll off you. Those that love his law, nothing shall offend thee. That's one of those, I can get very easily offended because I did not have siblings picking on me. And so that's one of those verses that I cling to, like just just focus on the Lord, focus on his word, and don't let anything else offend you. Whether you have two kids or 12, you watch them develop very different personalities. Oh, it's so fun. And I think sometimes you're like, 
have I been raising all of them under the same roof? Like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Um, I have two kids, and they're polar opposites in so many ways. And it's just interesting to just watch how God already had their personality picked out for them. Let's talk about girls versus boys. Oh, fun. Like, for me, I have one of each. Mm -hmm. Such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But yet there are so many similarities. What have you seen? With your boys and your girls. Okay. Boys and girls. I think boys need a lot of physical activity. If I had it to do all over again, I probably really would have um, put my vote in to us moving out to a farm because they need some manual labor more than I can give them. And, you know, they clean their rooms and they mow the yard and um, they go down and they help my mom with yard work and they do their laundry, but it's not enough. They need, like, some goats or something. They, 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 need, to, they need to work hay. They need physical activity, and my girls are fine without that. But boys need a lot of physical responsibility. I do have my youngest daughter is is not the typical girl in that nothing bothers her. She never gets her feelings hurt. She overlooks everything. She's happy all the time, and and that has been the Lord's gift to finish out my three daughters with, <laughs> with that because the first two were not that way. And so just the, the, the I don't want to say drama. because Emotion. Emotion. And the feelings and the highs and the lows, you know, and riding that with them, but teaching them how to put a saddle on that and rein it back in. Yeah. Sometimes you just never know what you're going to get. You You spoke to him five minutes ago, and now you're speaking to him, and you're like, wait, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, and why am I in trouble? What did I do wrong? (laughs) Right. Yes, but, you know, um, and they do mature out of that. I just want to give you hope. Thank you. (laughs) With your precious little one. They do mature out of that, and I— this past summer when my daughter came home, in between her freshman and sophomore year, she came home not as my daughter but as my friend. Mm. And I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. That was wonderful. And I, and she has grown. Her relationship in, with the Lord is so solid. And it comes from um, a lot of adversity, really. I will just tell you that. She has grown really close to the Lord through, through some suffering that the Lord has brought her through. And she counsels me now. And that is such a gift. You know, I can call her when I have a problem. Like, what do you think I should do about this? And she, you know, and 10 years ago, I didn't see that coming. I will just say that. (laughs) That is when you see God giving your kids wisdom beyond their their years, Mm -hmm. that is a very special moment. And you kind of just tuck those. I don't know if I can talk about this without getting emotional, but you just tuck those in a special memory box in your brain because those are your I did something right yes. Yes. because the world tells us that we're failing as women, that we're failing as mothers, that we're not really worth anything. Um, but that's not what God says about us. Well, and it's, it's the Lord through us. You know, I, it's, it's the work he does through us because we are his people and he does miracles through us that we never could do with our, you know, in our own flesh. I would have been a horrible mother without the Holy Spirit. I'll just say that. Um, and I'm just so thankful for the work he did. One thing I really tried to um, prioritize with my children is just in, just getting as much truth in their little spongy brains as possible because they are just, you know, inundated with lies from Satan all day long, and it will be the rest of their life. You know, that will be the case the rest of their life. And when I was young, I watched a lot of TV. I mean, like I was solitary. I would, you know, I was the only child. I I watched my my mom, bless her heart, had the good sense to block MTV from the (laughs) and I'm thankful for that so I watched a lot of CMT so in my brain during those formative years I memorized a whole lot of 90s country lyrics okay Uh 
And I wanted different for my children. So we just did tons of scripture memory. My sixth graders all have memorized the entire book of James, which has been a huge gift to me and that I've helped them. And so then I've, you know, memorized it along with them. Don't quiz me. I'm nervous. I won't say it right. But, um, <laughs> but just trying to get as much scripture and, and truth in their brains before they go out there. And, you know, they're just. Yeah. And the value of God's word. Oh, my goodness. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and that's all I want for them is that they grow up into individuals who love Jesus and who uphold the truth of God's word as ultimate truth, who love his people. You know, that's what I want. That's Those are my daily prayers for them. And it doesn't matter if they turn out to be a garbage man or a doctor who, cure, who cures cancer. It doesn't matter. Be, what matters is where they spend eternity and those that they take with them. When you look at what God has done in your life through you, through Matt, how you've been able to support other families, because I've watched you do that. Um, you're a very generous family, giving of your time, giving of your resources that God has given you. When you look back at everything that's happened so far, could you sum it up in one word? One word? I would think it's just Jesus. It's because of his extravagant love and gift for us that we are able to be generous then. You know, and without him, we are nothing. We have nothing to give without, without Christ. Before we end this podcast, would you pray over the moms, the dads, the grandmas, the grandpas that maybe tuned into this episode because they're just looking for a little bit of hope mm -hmm. for their family sure. because they don't see the miracles that God is doing yeah. because they're there yeah. because the enemy has just put a fog around them. Sure. And when you're so close, you don't see you have to back up. Yes. yes. Yeah. Perspective is really important. Mm -hmm. But um, we just never know who's going to be listening to this. And I feel like God would give you words mm -hmm. to pray based on your experience mm -hmm. over the years that are hearing this. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you first and foremost for children. Your word tells us that they are treasures. They are gifts. And, Lord, I can't imagine a world without them. Um, it, it was in your good design that you gave them to us to enjoy, to delight in. And we just thank you for that, Lord, both in our homes, in our churches, um, in our families, both near and far. Lord, thank you for that. Um, Lord, there's just so many opportunities um, in parenting to lean upon you. And I just ask that you would... You would make it easy for us just to remember to lean upon you, to trust in you, to remember your goodness, to call upon you when we need help, um, that you would guide us, that you would show us right or left. These kids, I mean, they're just giant question marks to us so often, and we just need your guidance, your help. We ask that you would just give that in abundance to all of us that are seeking to raise the next generation of Christ followers, Lord. This is in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Story Matters. Check out the show notes below. We have some different links and some resources available to you related to the topic we covered in this episode. And then be sure to follow and download for more of This Story Matters. If you need prayer, we invite you to call or text our prayer line. It's available 24-7, 365, anytime you could possibly need it, 877-800-7729.
We would love to hear the story God has written in your life. Email us with your story at thisstorymatters at thewind.radio.com.